This episode might be a bit counterintuitive, but we're going to question the real impact of common financial habits. Are your good money habits holding you back? This week, here on Plan with the Taxman. Look up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! No, it's the Taxman! He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his extreme knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Taxman. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Mark here with Tony once again to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And actually, we're going to do this over a two-part episode uh, this week's and our next episode. We're going to do Are Those Good Money Habits You Have Holding You Back? And basically, I've, I've got some good money habits that if we're doing good things, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But could there be a disadvantage or could we be maybe going a little too far in one direction and we want to make sure we have some balance in there? So that's going to be the topic of the conversation this week with Tony here on Plan with the Tax Man. My friend, what is going on? Welcome to the new year. This is uh, We're taping this here in early January, so uh, I know we've all gone through the new year stuff, but happy new year, my friend. And same to you. It's uh, good to be back. Tax season will be here before we know it, and as we're taping this, we got a lot of snow coming down right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what you were telling me. You're getting blizzarded, blizzardified. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and we're getting uh, heavy, heavy winds and storms and possible tornadoes later. So it's uh, it's an interesting uh-huh. day for us to be talking, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. That's we'll right. get in there. We'll, we'll, we'll get in here. That's how that's how determined we are to do a good podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> rain. What, what do we, we like the, uh, the, the, what is it, the Postal Service? We're rain or snow, Tony and I are doing a podcast. That's right. That's it. <laughs> or good stuff. Well, Tony, this is our 100th episode, by the way. So not only are we getting hit with storms, you and I, and different kinds of storms in different locations, but uh, we're celebrating our 100th episode. So uh, kudos to you, my friend. I feel like we need a drink or something. We, do, we need a little celebration. I know, it's, right? Uh, hasn't seemed like it's been that long. I know. We need some balloons or some scotch in our drinks or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we, we won't do that. We'll keep it straight. But, uh, you know, anyway, congratulations. And thanks, folks, for hanging out with us here for, uh, you know, whatever episodes you happen to catch and how long you've been watching or listening, excuse me, listening to us. Uh, we certainly appreciate you. And hopefully you'll enjoy this week's content. Well, let's get into these money habits. So, Tony, I want to break this up. I've got 10 of them. Okay. I want to break it up over the next two episodes. We'll do five this week. And I'll kind of give you the good, okay? I'll kind of set up the the main piece here and kind of give the good, you know, way of thinking about the good habit. And then you kind of maybe give us the counterpoint as to some things to think about to where we don't drift it into a bad habit. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So let's start with ignoring our account statements. Easy to do, right? We get these statements. We get things all the time. And some folks, they just, you know, open the financial drawer and toss them in there and I guess the good side of that would be like it avoids overreacting to short term fluctuations, right? Because you're not looking mm-hmm. at it. <laughs> so, That's right. So you don't have to get all upset every time you go, oh man, it's down a little bit, right? But why might that be a bad idea? Well, it's, you know, it's sometimes a bad idea for a number of reasons. You know, one thing is you may get into such a good habit which you never look at them and you really never know how you're doing. The other thing is, is, if there's some changes that have gone on in the account, maybe something that doesn't look right. You know, I hate to use the word fraud, but some, you know, it's possible in today's age that that could be going on. There's other issues such as, well, you know, you're going to miss an opportunity maybe uh, to make any types of uh, adjustments to the portfolio. So it's while it's a good idea, and I hear a lot of clients say that I don't like to look at my statement, especially if after I've watched the news, but. I think you'd probably need to keep it on the good side. You need to review it at least once a quarter, mm, you know, um, yeah. and, and not just throw them in and never review them at all. Cause I, th- I think you, 
you're doing yourself a disservice by doing that. And uh, hopefully your advisor won't let you do that either. Yeah, you know, they're, exactly. they're asking you for uh, for a meeting every every so often. And uh, worst case, they're going over it with you so you can at least understand what's happening. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's they can get confusing. I get it. But we, we shouldn't just always throw that stuff in the junk drawer, the financial junk right. drawer and not look at it. OK. Uh, keeping a strict budget. OK. Now, this sounds like a good habit to have. Right. Certainly mm-hmm. it helps you ensure some discipline on your spending and your saving helps you achieve your financial goals. But a strict budget. Well, be careful. Right. So what what's some bad things to think about here? Well, I think sometimes people that really love budgets, and frankly, you'd think an accountant like me would love budgets. I really don't. <laughs> Not that I don't I don't follow one. I, I kind of do in, in, well, I do in my own personal life, but I don't let it get to be too restrictive because obviously, you know, if it gets too restrictive, uh, it gets too stressful. Sure. You feel like you can't have any fun in life and, you know, you, I think you miss out on some things. So I'd say set a budget. Don't go overboard and feel like, you know, if if you miss on some things, you really beat yourself up yeah. because it's, you know, it has to be a flexible. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like the flexible diet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're, we're in a new year. You're probably on some sort of diet. Many people are, yeah. right? So flexible. Right. You know, and I think that's the key too. Like we get emails all the time from people that are like, you know, I just got to retirement and I'm really like, or, or the fear of like, I've been saving, I've been really good about saving. Now I have to pull money back out and it stresses me out. Right. And so they're they're on a budget and they kind of, maybe then they get a little too tight, but to your point, you've saved all this money to enjoy it in retirement. Having a strategy and a plan is going to help you, especially laid out in black and white. It's going to help you feel good about actually pulling that money out and using it for things that you want to. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, Investing in familiar stocks. Again, sounds like good in practice, right? So invest in what you know has always been sage advice over the years. And it's certainly easier to understand, you know, things when you have a familiarity to them. But, you know, I mean, you could just I could just throw out the word Enron as a reason why it could be bad. Right. So, you know, just don't want to go overboard in in any one thing. Yeah. And with with your example, with Enron, for example, I mean, you, what you really lack is if, if you stick to just a few things you know, then you lack diversification. And if any one of those particular securities, in that case, you know, you mentioned Enron, go bad, which it went bad in a real bad way, big way, I should say. And, you know, that that's really going to hurt your overall portfolio. So, you know, while you want to, um, you know, stick what you don't want to get into exotic investments and, and do that kind of thing, you want to work with your advisor on diversifying your portfolio, not only for the number of types of securities, but also based on your risk and also based on tax efficiency. So yeah, uh, definitely, uh, I think that, that that particular one could go bad in a hurry. Yeah, you know? yeah uh, exactly. You know, and it's like, and sometimes, well, again, I'll, I'll use some examples where we get emails and Tony to the show and, and to, uh, to your website where people are like, you know, hey, I was left some, you know, an inheritance, right? I was left some money from, uh, or left some stock from mom or dad, you know, and dad had, you know, stock X for 40 years and, you know, he really loved it. I really love him. I, I don't want to sell him. And yet you're looking at it thinking, this is probably not a good thing for you to hang on to, right? And that's why I'm not going to pick any particular company. But again, you've got like this attachment to it and it may not be the best thing for your financial situation. It really is. I, I just had a, a big accounting client that we do their monthly accounting for, and he's very reluctant. He's a young guy to uh, get a 401k going for his, his business. And his biggest fear is that uh, he watched his mom and dad. They worked for a company here locally. 
for almost all their lives and they all of their investment or their retirement savings was in that stock mm-hmm. inside the four and it went under. Yeah. And so he's very skittish of the market because of that. Yeah. I and, mean, I understand uh, that, but yeah. like he's the owner of this company, right? So he's he's he got the control versus his parents yeah. who worked there and didn't have control. So didn't have control. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, but the important thing is I keep trying to tell him, as I tell most clients, is well, we're gonna we're gonna diversify. We're not just gonna end up in one type of security here mm-hmm. because sure. yeah, that's yeah. A recipe for potential disaster. Indeed. Yeah. So I mean again, you know, the idea here, you know, there's there's good habits, right? Investing in familiar stocks can sound like a good habit, but you could gotta be careful to not let it uh, cloud you or, or restrict you again, maybe a little too much. Uh, number four, embracing automation. So, you know, we're all probably AI'd to death at this point. We're tired of hearing about AI at this point. <laughs> it's everywhere and everything and every marketing thing, it seems like. Uh, but automation does have some good points. And certainly investing and saving, simple saving stuff, right? I mean, just, you know, having your money come out of your check, go right to you if you're still working as a pre-retiree, going right into accounts. Hey, that makes things easy. It ensures that timely bill payment, right? You don't have to worry about extra fees because you didn't pay the light bill on time, you know, or whatever. So there's certainly some good things to automation, but I would imagine the downside, it would be maybe disengagement, Tony, where you're, again, you're no longer paying attention like you should be. It's that. And then, you know, I think too effectively kind of ignoring technology and just refusing to maybe uh, learn or embrace anything new. Mm. I mean, especially for retirees, my dad included, you know, he's, he's down in his eighties. He's getting like that where he don't, and, and I, so I can make fun of him a little bit, but he, <laughs> you know, technology, he, he, he refuses to uh, kind of embrace it and learn it. And, you know, with, and I think AI and all of this stuff is only going to get more and more in depth as we all age, but you know, he's at a point where he feels like, well, I don't want to learn anything new. I, I don't, I don't want to embrace that, but then he ends up with things like he just had it where he accidentally turned on the, uh, and this has nothing to do with finance, but he accidentally turned on the closed captioning on his TV and can't get it off. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but he might come to like it. I love it. I'm only 52 yeah. and I use it all the time. He likes it. So yeah, I mean, you know, so he's mad about that, but again, he, he struggles with technology, but I, so I think it's one thing to, you know, especially as you get older, maybe you don't want to don't get too far into it, but I do think you need to keep up yeah. and at least tight, you know, don't ignore it completely. Otherwise yeah. it turns into, I'm with you there. Things. My mom's 82 and she actually has, she actually has a pretty good grasp on, on some technology and she does pretty well with it. But then at some other times I'm like, you know, she'll ask me this, the same question, like for the 30th time. And I'm like, how can you remember all this other stuff? But you can't remember that. She's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm 82. Well, leave me alone. <laughs> well, Right. But like my, my, my dad, you know, with, and, and most advisory firms and, and even if you're doing it on your own, you know, you're logging into a portal, you're looking at your account. If you can't do that, you know, yes, you will get a statement, but everything's going to online. And like you said, and you got to at least be able to, to function and do some of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, again, auto, automation can be really useful. So just make sure you're also not, you know, setting. And I think, think about it like this too, right, Tony? The set it and forget it mentality that we talked about sort of with the statements can also kind of bite you here on the digital side too, yeah. right? You might set up your target date fund, for example, 15 years ago or something like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. eh, it's going to take care of it for me. And it kind of does, but could there be better options, right? Could there yes. be better things for you to be doing? So. Uh, All right, and then let's do the fifth one here. We'll wrap it up this week, then we'll come back in a couple of weeks and do the other five of good money habits. So patience, patience getting into the stock market. Well, now scratch your head a little bit. Good. 
the good side. Well, I mean, that means I'm not making a mistake. I'm thinking things through, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not being irrational or anything like that, right? But you can also, pretty obvious here, you can also just sit with your thumb in your ear forever and not do anything, right? So you got to be careful with your patience levels. Does. And the first thing that pops into my mind is, is the whole market timing Yeah, and people that want to try that and think that they can outsmart the market as a whole. It's impossible to do. And, you know, there's, you could just go out and Google things like now and you'll find the studies if you miss the best five days, 10 days in the market or whatever time frame over the, over whatever time frame you want to use. And you'll see how low your returns are. And so you don't want to be too patient and try to be too picky. The best thing probably is to dollar cost average and constantly be putting money in good times and bad into whatever you know, plan. I'd say the market, but whatever right. you are investing in yep. to avoid that, to avoid, you know, getting that emotion into it and just, you know, make it a habit. A lot of times you can do it through your paychecks. We've talked about it before, 401ks mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But that's really what you're forcing yourself to do is, is to not not get stuck in that rut. Oh, for sure. Because sometimes people will see these questions too, where it's like, hey, the market's kind of doing bad. I think I'm going to pull back on my, you know, my contributions to, oh, right. you know, yeah. and it's like, but I'll pick it back up whenever things, you know, tip the other way. It's like, no, you're looking at that entirely wrong, right? Entirely yes. Yeah. yeah. It's dipping a little bit and that's not the most pleasant thing, but you're getting it on the cheaper, your dollar cost average. And so keep pumping it in, right? It is. It's funny that, that we have clients with their employees that do it in their 401ks that will say that exact thing is, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pull this back. Mark's not doing very well. So in other words, you're trying to time it because you think that uh, because the market's down, like you said, that's the exact worst time you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You want to be in there while, while your, where your money goes a little further. So we try to talk them out of it. Some of them do, some of them don't. And then the bad thing too, is sometimes people will forget to change it back. Exactly. They're not, yeah. they're not contributing. Yep. Yep. And so, that's a tough one too. So yep. I, I don't advise doing that. Yep, yep, for sure. We do have people do it. Yep, that's where, and that's where all some of these good habits sometimes can, you know, best intentions, right? But they wind up kind of maybe backfiring a little bit too. So you always, you know, life is, you know, life is designed to. We got to stay on the ball. <laughs> we, yeah. you know, we can right. we can let things slide a little bit here. My wife and I were just laughing uh, about uh, when I had open heart surgery uh, almost eleven years ago now. Um, I had to go on this diet and we're dieting right now in the new year to your point a second ago when you're talking about being flexible. And it's like, you know, if we had just this diet we're on right now is actually working pretty well and it's not too bad. And we're actually kind of, you know, doing all right with it. It's like, why didn't we do this versus that hardcore crashing? I had open heart surgery. So we went to the extreme level with some extreme diet. Right. Uh, and, And it didn't stick. And here we are 13 or excuse me, 11 years later, you know, and starting all over again. And it's like, you could have just if we'd have just, you know, moderation, if we would have gone with a reasonable diet versus some extreme thing. And I think that's what happens sometimes financially. We have some big a moment financially that happens to us and we get a little extreme instead of being a little more prudent or being um, calculating with our moves, I suppose. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Cool. Well, good. I was hoping that translated. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think you're exactly right that that whole New Year's resolutions and dieting and everything else people try. I mean, it, 
we could talk for an hour on just that kind of stuff, not even related to uh, right. But I mean, but think about but think about your finance. Or look at the market, for example. So in December, we'll wrap it up here with this, Tony. But in December, right? So you know, in the fourth quarter, the Fed had their their meetings, right? And they talked about various different things, and they're like, "Well, we're going to not, we didn't do anything, and then we're going to see, and then we're going to pause, and we're going to wait." And then in December, they go, "Oh, we're going to cut rates probably in 2024." Well, the market loved that idea, right? So the market got very excited as the year wound down. But then January started, and they th- and some of the reasons why they started, I think maybe you know the prognosticators or whatever started looking at some of the reasons why the Fed was thinking about cutting rates, and then they went, "Oh." Well, maybe it's not that great after all. So the market's been off to a, rough, a rocky, uh, rocky start here this first part of the year, you know. And I, I, I just was on a call yesterday where you know basically it's a market update from uh, basically our advisory firm, you know, and they've been talking about this for a couple of months. But I think this goes back to our our points about the what they're calling the magnificent seven stocks of the S and P five hundred that actually accounted for almost all of its gains in 2023 mm-hmm. and you know, they were playing it well, but yeah, if those weren't in there, then the gains would have only, you know, or the return would have only been X. And, you know, I've sitting there thinking over these months, everybody interprets these numbers a little differently. You can, you can slant them any way to make whatever you're talking about look good. And I think that back to our big point of people need to be investing regularly in good times and bad. Cause if you're trying to, if you're trying to hen pick and, and again market time and do everything else, it, you're gonna end up with not a lot of return and uh, definitely not gonna probably meet your goals. Definitely, definitely. So again, so good habits can be you know be very helpful, but they can lead us astray sometimes. So be careful with that. That's gonna wrap it up this week here on the podcast. We'll be back with the second half in just a couple of weeks. So don't forget to subscribe to us here on Plan with the Tax Man uh, at yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. You can find a lot of tools, tips, and resources at Tony's website, and of course you can check him out on Apple, Google, Spotify. I keep saying Google, but it's it's really YouTube now. So <laughs> Apple, Spotify, and and they've converted everything to YouTube. So uh, either way, you can find all the information at yourplanningpros.com. Tony, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. We'll see you next time. We'll catch you next time right here on Plan with a Tax Man with Tony Morrow. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, SM. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency. Investment strategies discussed in this episode may not be suitable for all investors. Please consult with a financial professional.